one. Welcome back. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Adam Lines. I'm once again joined today by Mark Gould and Aryan. Guys, how's it going? How's it going, everyone? We are. Uh, how's it going? We are, of course, your host of the Undercut Podcast, the one and only, uh, mm-hmm. for our 27th episode, oh which my is the God. Spanish Grand Prix Race Review. Over yeah. a half a year of episodes. Congratulations, this everyone. This is my fourth episode. Wow. Yeah, Already? Wow. wow. The time wow. flies, eh? Yeah. As Bueller once said, you know, if uh, life comes at you fast, if you don't stop and look around every <laughs> once in a while, Lewis Hamilton will go right past you. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what he said. <laughs> I, think, I think that's exactly race. what he said. Yes, but nonetheless, we are back. Uh, we are reviewing the 2019 Hungarian Grand Prix. On today's episode, uh, what a race it was. Uh, yeah. Max Verstappen and Rebel foolishly went for the one stop. I think you may have got the wrong race. Oh, uh, sorry. You know what? Oh, I hate when that happens. You didn't just give it to him, eh? Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, Red Bull qualif- uh, leading on lap one. Uh, tight track, hard to overtake, high downforce. They burn through their tires using the one stop. Mercedes yeah. smartly goes for the two stop, catches up. Botas is off in Neverland doing whatever. What <laughs> else is new? Yeah, so the the races had their parallels. But no, we are reviewing the 2021 Spanish Grand Prix, the one that I told everyone that was going to be boring. I said, you know, if you're going to miss a race, it might as well be this one. Mm-hmm. And I regret that because it was an exciting race. It might be the me. first time ever. Yeah, if you're a Haas fan, it actually was still an exciting race. If you're yeah. a uh, if you're an Alpine fan, that was an exciting race for fans, fans uh, all across the globe. Yeah. Unless you, I think, I think, unless you, <laughs> go ahead. I think we didn't expect that much overtaking, but actually, a lot of overtaking did happen. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, sure. didn't, I I didn't expect that like four person Alonso Vettel hmm. Stroll uh, and Gasly. Yeah. Gasly yeah, midfield battle. No, for me 10th, neither. The, you have these drivers that aren't really performing well in their car. Like, their cars aren't performing well this season. You know, um, you have, like, Aston Martin, I almost said Racing Point, who <laughs> was fighting for third in the championship and should have gotten third last year, who's struggling to find points this year. Well, let me tell you, have, I, mean, I really do think that has a lot to do with the fact that they didn't just straight-up carbon copy a Mercedes car from a year past. So you know what I mean? Like, like okay, I, I wasn't expecting them to have that great of a season because there's only so much you can do when you're building your own car. <laughs> yeah. if, I, I think not... at this point they know that it's easier to invest for next year than this year. Well, that's what most teams are doing, right? Ferrari said the same thing in the, yeah. in the offseason. So did uh, so did Haas, so did Williams. That's what everyone's doing. Uh, they're investing the, in I, next year. I don't get this. Haas said they won't be updating their, like upgrading their car at all this entire season. Nope. And what they had in Bahrain was their max, but... Maybe Mix is a great driver, but Mix got a lot faster in that car. Well, yeah, I, I, think, I think that has that has something to do with the fact that he's getting more comfortable on in an mm-hmm. F one car in general, not just uh, like you know what I mean. That was his, Bahrain was his first race. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's exactly my opinion. I I just don't think that he was at his full. I don't think he's still at his full potential, but I think he's growing mm-hmm. as a driver. But I think that just shows the talent that he actually is because. It's been what four races? Three yep. races? How long? Four. Three, four, yeah. four. Four races. Yeah, it's been four races, and he's already. And with the Haas car being that bad, it shouldn't even be. I think it was. It was what. It could be lapped by the Mercedes of every single lap of the race. 
yeah, being that bad. Um, it's he still can compete with the Alfa Romeos and the uh, so-called Aston Martins, I think, and Williams as well. Yeah, yeah, he was a little bit behind, obviously, the Alfa Romeos and the Aston Martins, but qualify ahead of Latifi. Yeah. Uh, so Mar- the entirety of Markham, because he is from Markham, Ontario, <laughs> Markham's very own, was uh, erupting in anger. Um, no, he made his way up to 16th off the start. Uh, struggled a little bit. Obviously, blue flags are a big factor. Like people are really going to hate on Nikita Mazepin this race, and this is I'm going to be included in that. Everyone, like yeah. 48 seconds behind, but a lot of that is like blue flags. Like you lose two or three seconds with blue flags, and but yeah, and I think when Haas said they aren't updating the car, I don't necessarily think that was true. Like, I don't think they're just kind of leaving the drivers and the team kind of out to dry as they yeah. look at 2022. I think what they're they're mainly focusing on 2022, but the, you can notice there's small tweaks, small changes. But I think a lot of it lies within Mick Schumacher's ability to understand the car. Like, understanding the car and how it behaves around certain corners is so important to building your setup. And obviously building this setup is very important to going quickly because if you have an unbalanced car with like with a poor setup, you're not going to be very fast. You saw that in Monaco 2017 or 18 with Hamilton qualified mm, yeah. like 8th or 13th or something mm. just because he could not figure out the balance of that car and he fixed it for the race a little bit. Yeah. But, so this is something that Mick Schumacher, I think, is learning very well. He's also done a lot of laps around Spain. He knows the corners. He knows the track. Um, the same could be said for Bahrain, but, he, you know, it was his first race in an F1 car. But Imola and Portimao, he's never been to those tracks, or at least not that I know of. He might have been to Imola in, like, an F3 or something like that, but I don't yeah, think that's Ferrari, true. Private but even Catholic. still, that's, like, not... That's not the same as driving an F1 car on that track, especially a exactly. modern one. Exactly. Exactly. But Spain, he's been to the track. He's done the laps. You know, although it wasn't an F2 car and the F1 and F2 are differently, they're different. But you just know the layout. You kind of know what to expect a little bit more. And he you can break a little later. Stuff. You can. You know the corners. Yeah. You know yourself. You know the yeah. car. And he's, more he's than he finished did. every. He's pretty much finished, or he has finished every race he's started in. So he's gotten lots of miles in the car. And just building that confidence, probably he's a young kid, probably a lot of time in the sim as well. And yeah, he had he had a a very spectacular race. It was clean, not a lot of mistakes. Um, made it to the end, finished way ahead of his teammate, and fought and, for like fifteenth, sixteenth. And he was able to compete. It wasn't that just the car is very bad, but his driving kind of over overshadowed how bad the car was. Yeah, because he was he was hitting the corners, per he was in the apex perfectly. He was gaining time, and he showed that he can actually like be behind other F one cars and compete. It's just that the car is very bad in the long run that he couldn't actually cement a sixteenth or fifteenth place. But yeah, I was insanely impressed by Mick. I mean, I knew he always had talent winning F two. I know and like winning, not winning, but he came through the entire setup of the junior formulas. He's by he's one of the academy drivers of Ferrari. I knew he had he has a lot of talent. And I think it's it's really great to see what Ferrari's team would look like in a couple of years with Oh Alan I'm so Miley. excited. We're looking at Mick Schumacher. Charles, Charles Leclerc will be very young. He's, he's there till twenty twenty five, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
and then um, so many more F2 drivers who are Ferrari Academy drivers who still haven't been into F1 yet. Oh yeah, it's yeah. it's exciting. They're, they're, the 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 future of that team is quite exciting. As a yeah, Ferrari I mean, fan, to, I cannot wait. Yeah, compared to a Red Bull like a Mercedes or or I mean McLaren a bit because they have a lot of drivers, but and even even the Renault Academy or Alpine Academy. Um, is this still called Renault or is this still called Alpine Academy now? Uh, I, I, think, I don't know. It's probably just it's probably Alpine. <laughs> I believe it would be Alpine. Yeah, Alpine but Alpine. um. But Ferrari's always had an act, it seems like, of finding good younger drivers to for their academy and not using yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> for the longest exactly. time, Ferrari was a big fan of taking a bunch of really like really experienced old drivers. Think about their lineup in the last 10 years or last 15 yeah. years, even after Alonso or after Schumacher. They had yeah. um, they had Raikkonen, who had been in, in Formula One a long time, and Felipe Massa and... Uh, Fernando Alonso and Sebastian Vettel, and the first time they went with a young driver in a long time was uh, Charles Leclerc, and that's mm. worked out tremendously for them. So then bringing in another semi-young driver, you could say, in Carlos Sainz, young also seems experienced. to be working out. Yeah, young but experienced. Yeah, yeah. I think next year. I mean, in my opinion, we'll. I think we'll talk about this next week because we have the time and we can talk about where make or these drivers will move where, where we can see the driver grid moving next week next year i mean um but if Haas isn't at the level we can compete in the midfield i generally think that mick will move to an alpha like uh, the alpha romero team or even be a ferrari driver if i don't think he'll drive for ferrari we'll talk about this more in depth next week next week yeah. like you said i don't think he'll drive for ferrari next year uh isn't mm-hmm. carlos signs under a two-year contract uh I've, no, one year. It's only yeah. one year? Whoa. It's only one. I think every every new driver this year has been signed on one year. And then Are you extension. sure? I think that's what most drivers do. Cause I think Carlos is on a two-year. I'm pretty sure he's on yeah, a two-year contract. Mick Schumacher, I don't, I might not know everything about F1, yeah, but I know Mick Schumacher. Mick Schumacher will definitely not race in Ferrari next year and hmm. perhaps not the year after. We, we really need to see how he progresses this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I fully agree. I think that he's uh, f- so signs is under contract until the end of 2022. So he signed a two year contract mm-hmm. uh, and he will he'll be he will be there that long, uh, maybe longer, mm-hmm. depending on how well he performs, mm-hmm. depending Carlos, on how well Mick performs. But, Carlos has been doing really well this season. Yeah, no one. Yeah. I'm not arguing that at the all. The way Leclerc kind of got that seat after only one year was he had standout performances pretty much from the go. Mm-hmm, you saw yeah. a lot of mistakes, but you saw like a P6 finish in Baku or mm. like a top 10 finish in Baku. You saw points here and there. He had amazing races and he showed a lot of that skill where Raikkonen was kind of coming to the end of his career and he was not mm. delivering with Ferrari. So well, they, Raikkonen they needed... finished P P three in twenty eighteen in his last in his last year for Ferrari. Yeah, but it, he was delivering. I think, he was I think delivering, he but he was. You are correct no when you say that he he was old. He was it was it was yeah. he was almost done. It was the end of his career, and you could see that he was just going to decline from there. Uh, you know what I mean? I think they saw at that point if they have to compete with the likes of Mercedes and Red Bull and be on the tops of the podium again. You need someone who's young, who's willing to take the risks, and can be at the same level that Seb was performing at that point. Or better. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. moving back to this race and not the next races in the future, because we will get to those as the season progresses. So if you're listening, make sure you keep listening, because we will cover all of the stuff we've just talked about in way more depth. Uh, but 
the start. Let's talk about the mm. start. So after qualifying, you know, if you follow us on TikTok at the Yonka Pod, you saw my live uh, reaction to qualifying with Max P2, uh, Hamilton on pole. First of all, congratulations on a, a century of poles. He has That's as ridiculous. many pole positions as Max Verstappen has races at Red Bull, and he's been racing every race since Spain 2016. Yeah. Which That's is, impre- that impressive. Absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. Anyone that says that he's lucky with the car or it's just simply not true. 100 pole positions is an unbelievable. Uh, it's I, unbelievable I, won't, I won't go as far as saying that it's simply not true. If he had a bad car, he definitely wouldn't have 100 poles, but you cannot take away from the talent that that man has. Okay, yeah. If he was in a, like a Williams, then maybe probably not. Even if he was in a Williams, he would still get points. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he can, like he can, uh, at that point, you will be pushed up to a good car. He's, yeah. but he, those caliber drivers don't end up in a Williams. No offense, George Russell. Exactly. Yeah, uh, sorry, George. <laughs> like you don't have a Lewis Hamilton or a Charles Leclerc who's not sitting in a Sauber for his entire career. He got no. moved up for Ferrari. Hamilton. Yeah. Hamilton was signed. When yeah, he Hamilton like, had a good car right off the boot. To McLaren, and so a hundred pole positions, unbelievable. Uh, yeah. Not luck at all. Maybe one or two pole positions here or there. Might have got lucky. But, you know, if you're qualifying second and you get bumped up because someone got a penalty, that's not luck because you're still qualifying second. It's an unbelievable. Yeah. But what wasn't so lucky was getting absolutely, I was about to swear, oh. but absolutely bullied by Max Verstappen off that start. I couldn't believe that it. Just Max... turn one, that just turn one overtake. Oh, I can watch that for days. Yeah. That's watch that for days. Twice we've seen that from Max Verstappen this year, which is unbelievable. You know, in, in 2018, 19, I, he was known as like the bad starts guy. He was like the Mark Webber. Bad start, yeah. good finish. <laughs> this year, unbelievable start. Yeah, he's been incredible that, off the line. That was, uh, I have a chance of winning this championship, so I need to seize every opportunity I have. I have the fuel of Art and Senna. Art instead of fueling me to go for a gap that exists and he went for it and it, it really paid off Lewis Hamilton I think he caught him off by surprise yeah. uh, Hamilton didn't cover him off I think he should have covered him off but I just don't think he really had the reaction time and I think in his mirrors he saw Verstappen was close and he didn't want to pull like a Roman Grosjean in Bahrain last year where he mm. goes to cut him off to cover him off, and he ends up in the barrier because it would have been a bad accident. But yeah, big flame ball. Verstappen got up. That one. He broke way later, uh, pushed him way off. In a le- yeah. It was a very legal move. Some people were speculating that it wasn't legal, but it was a, it was definitely a legal move. Yeah. A little bit rude and a little bit of a bully. <laughs> but, hey, when you're fighting for championships – that's what you got to do. That's what Hamilton does. That's what uh, Vettel did in 2010 to 2014. That's what Schumacher did. So that's, that's those are the kind of moves you have to make. Yeah. Fortunately, it didn't work out. But I, I believe, I firmly believe if Hamilton um, didn't get overtaken by Max, it would have been a very different race. Mm-hmm. Hamilton would have walked away with it, made his one stop like he always is. He always does. Uh, and it just would have been a very different race. What do you guys think? Yeah. 
I've, I fully agree. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how you can disagree with that. If, as if he's getting, if, if Hamilton wins that start and ends up in first place, he's walking away with it. Like he usually does. There's, yeah. uh, there's no exactly. chance anyone's catching him that he's yeah, absolutely. There's no argument there from my end. Yeah. And thankfully it didn't happen. And now we have a, uh, we had a race on our hands. It was yeah. a lot like Hungary, but it was that suspense was, was insane. Yeah. But moving I mean, on, uh, yeah, I, I I was gonna say that even the start, for example, Ricardo at the start as well. I think it's just I think Red Bull makes good starters because Carlos Sainz started pretty decently as well. Yeah, and the Red Bull Academy just like everyone can just be good at starts. Yeah, the Red Bull Academy they know how to make. Maybe that's something <laughs> they focus on back at uh, the factory. Maybe, maybe. But so. So the next kind of thing that happened, because the Max just happened, second and a half ahead. So Yuki Sonoda, mm. almost tears. Yeah, he left the track in tears. Uh, lap nine, his car just, it just shut off. Just no explanation. He was driving. Everything was fine. And then it went just to sleep mode. Must have pressed the power button or something, because I have no idea what happened. No, no clue. Just shut down. I mean, that happens. With F1 cars are so complicated that you can you can just shut down. I mean, it's very unlucky for him because I think compared to the likes of Mick and other rookies, I mean, not Massive Spin, but um, um, I keep saying Massive Spin. I gotta stop saying Massive Spin on Massive Pin. No, that's basically well, his name, bro. That, you're fine. He said that unironically. And then he said, "I was. I just want to say Massive Spin again. I almost said it, but Mas- yeah, I think apart like compared to Mick, at least for a rookie driver, um." He hasn't had a lot of mileage in that car because he hasn't, he hasn't done as much as other drivers have, and I think he hasn't found the groove of that car yet. I think he just needs a few more races under his belt where he can like have a clean race, not, not be like of course battle, but have a nice and clean race where you're just in the points. I think he needs that more because AlphaTauri has the pace. I think we've seen that as even with the pit stop penalty that he had, um, the five second penalty he had, he was pretty quick as well. He could overtake every single one in midfield. What a race from Gasly. Alphatari's had a yeah, pretty yeah. good year. I think for Sonoda, yeah, Sonoda just he just seems to get some mileage. Like as a rookie. Like yeah. or you mentioned it, he just really needs mileage. He had a really bad qualifying and a little bit of an outburst after qualifying, which is something you really shouldn't see from a rookie. Like something that you almost expect to see from a hot headed twenty year old rookie. Yeah. But not something that you should see is like, it's not my fault. Like, this car sucks. He's like, what's going on with the car? And then after the qualifying, he was like, oh, yeah, I don't, I'm not giving the same car as Pierre. Mm. But I think, you know, so after a terrible qualifying, he really needed to bounce back and have a clean race. He just needs the mileage. He needs to understand that car. Every lap you do, you understand the car more. And he didn't, and it just seems as if he's, it's happened in qualifying as well. Uh, and it's happened. Sorry, I just wanna I just wanna jump in. I just went back <laughs> and looked. Sonoda has only this was the first race he DNF'd. I don't know how many less miles he has in this car than the rest of the rookies. I'm just saying he's right. had very he, he just had a very messy races. Fifty eight. He just needed some he needs just needed a very clean race. Clean, yeah. But uh, because Mick you think about it, Mick doesn't compete with anyone else. It's just him and the car on the track and then the him, blue flags. Him and the blue flags. Exactly. Yeah. It's basically I but, mean not saying Sonoda doesn't need Sonoda doesn't need to be like P eighteen. It's just 
Mm-hmm. Even if he's not in the points, just have like a P12, P13, where he just have a nice clean race, maybe a few overtakes. Sure. Nice clean yeah. from everything. Because he's, but... he's had a couple of bad starts. He's had a few a few good overtakes and then a few when he's been overtaken, a few, mis- few rookie mistakes. Maybe yeah, maybe you're right in the fact that he just well. needs to settle in. But I don't, I don't know. I wouldn't. I'm not going to say that he he's had a lot. He's had a lot less mileage in his car than some yeah. of the other cars. I don't think that's fair to say. Well, I wasn't I, saying he had a lot less mileage. I yeah. was just saying that he needs as much mileage as he can get. And three, like those 305 kilometers today that mm-hmm. he kind of or on Sunday because you're hearing this podcast on probably Monday or Tuesday that he missed out on will it just it changes like it doesn't yeah. change but it um it, it's just not good basically think, oh, absolutely dnfing there's never really you're never it's never it's never good honestly but yeah, uh, yeah i think he just needs to get just i think he should in i think he just needs to settle down a little bit settle into the car yeah. like like he's young he's younger than i am <laughs> um <laughs> which is wild to say he just like he just, then, just chill out he just needs to chill a little bit and, and find, and find his on pace. top of that as well just to add on Barcelona's a track where Spain's a track. That's a track where everyone tests so much. You know that track inside and out. Like mm. you know exactly how to hit that apex. You know exactly where to break. You can drive it blind floor as well if you wanted to. I think getting mileage on that track where you don't have to worry about track conditions or about how the track layout is or, or learn new track as a rookie. I think that this this race was probably more important to him getting mileage than any other any other race could be. Yeah, fair. And, yeah, and just those sixty and yeah, just those sixty-six laps of good, clean racing is very crucial when you've only had three races. Like if Lewis Hamilton DNFs, people aren't gonna say, "Oh, well, he really needs miles in that car." Yeah, but when no. you've only had four races and you've missed, he's missed twenty-five percent of the laps he's completed in a Formula One car, essentially, not yeah. actually because he did all the practice sessions. But yeah, and but I just in, in race conditions, yeah. Mark, I and I totally agree with you. I feel like he's just kind of overdriving his car like you saw this at Imola where he was just overdriving it and qualifying and then he's up in these like points positions now like the p11 p10 era uh, area yeah and he just lost it on the start after the safety car and spun Portugal I don't even really remember what he was up to in Portugal but <laughs> just not having like a standout race Portugal I think he hold on let me tell you exactly what he was I think he, he, he did finish in the points because Gasly did finish in the points yeah, so it just feels Portugal, like he's overdriving he the car a little bit. And when you, you overdrive P15. the car... Not a yeah, great race. 15 But so when you overdrive the car, it ends up costing you time. Like, this is a classic driving thing. Like, you got to go slow to go fast. Yep. The Lewis Hamilton are very calm and precise. As soon as you start getting on the throttle uh, too soon, or you're braking too late, eventually it will cost you time if you're going over that limit. It cost Daniel Ricardo uh, a Q2 appearance in Portimao in Portugal, mm-hmm. and it cost Yuki Tsunoda uh, a Q2 performance in Spain. But he will bounce back. I'm hoping he does well in uh, in Monaco. It's gonna be mm-hmm. interesting to see these rookies around Monaco. It's gonna be interesting to see Mazepin around Monaco. But <laughs> we'll uh, we'll talk about that next week. I'm excited about that. I imagine he crashes out. I'm excited Monaco. to see racing at Monaco again. Yeah, oh, me too. Yes. It's been two uh, years. I don't. I hope, I hope no one crashes out in Monaco. It's a very uh, knock very, on wood. Yeah, knock on wood. A very yeah. scary track. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it adds to the entertainment 
I guess, uh, so, as some people say, but no, any accident there, especially because it's you in a concrete barrier or a steel oh, metal yeah. wall. Oh, yeah, or a tunnel or something like that. Yeah, mm. it's it's, it's yeah. very scary when people crash there. But so it, it makes on, for a good weekend. So, so during that safety car, I don't know if you guys noticed, but the Alfa Romeo came in. I think it was Giovinazzi, and his tire was punctured or deflated. Yeah. They just didn't put air in there. The guy's like banging on the tire if you're watching our twitch uh take us check us out on uh twitch tv uh, uh the end of pod um he's like hitting the tire and it was going flat so that cost them time and this is where williams really made a smart strategy choice that i haven't seen from them in a while so they they had a very impressive double stack on lap nine under the safety car um after the uh alfa romeos mm. but then to talk about Williams for a minute, they, at the time, I was kind of confused with the Williams strategy because they pit, they pit both cars early under the safety car, so they would obviously have to make another stop, but they ended up pitting on lap 28, and not the usual kind of like I think Giovinazzi did like 37 laps. He pit lap yeah. eight, then did 37 laps on his mediums before he pit again, but they pit on lap 28. And it was a very genius strategy from them. And it was nice to see them making these innovative strategies, which is something you have to do when you're at the back of the field. Yeah. yeah. They pit lap 28, got the fresh tires on. Then they were working their way up through the field. You saw Russell like fought his way all the way up P11. He was hunting down Alonzo. I'm like, this is it. This is the day he's going to get points finally. But then uh, they hit, they hit a brick wall. Like those tires mm -hmm. hit, like they went off the cliff hard and yeah. he sunk to P15, uh, Latifi. I don't like think it was just the tires though. I think I remember, remember this clear as day. Russell said, guys, I think the wind is picking up mm. and we know the wind is very, that when wind comes in, the William just, it's like, it's a has. Yeah. <laughs> Straightforward, it's a has. <laughs> but I think, and I remember seeing a graphic as well, the wind was picking up at the time when Russell started dropping off. I think it was a combination of tires being really old and the wind picking up that just made it undrivable for him. Yeah, he finished P yeah. he finished P14. Nothing impeccable out, out of the end yeah. of that race for him, but yeah, obviously, it was sad like, to see him fall. Yeah, obviously the tires were because they because they pit early, that second stint or that third stint, I guess, was gonna be a big stretch. And yeah, if the wind starts picking up, that rear becomes unstable. Uh yeah. the wind was not really a factor in spain and russell mentioned this in his post-race interview that he was very thankful kind yeah. of for the wind not being as big of a factor because it showed he once the wind calms down he can kind of get in the zone a little bit more get more confidence so yeah if you if he said that the wind was picking up at the end of the race then that would affect any driver but especially uh russell on that williams so kind of unfortunate from him but what a genius pulled off the double stack i they must have had the mercedes pit crew uh, dressed in Williams uh, clothes <laughs> and a very smart strategy that didn't work out for them unfortunately like it barely worked out I think on the second or third last lap was when Russell's tires just absolutely hit a cliff and he went down like four spots but but I like that they're thinking outside the box and trying to get the points that they don't have because they know they don't have a good they don't have a great car yet they're trying to mm -hmm. innovate and they're trying like same thing with even Alfa Romeo it kept Kimi out there for so long, just trying a whole different strategy in which they can do so much more. And I think that's just that's just amazing of how these like lower midfield teams 
I can't even call them lower half because they all compete for B10 now. But these lower midfield teams, they have to they innovate so much just to compete. Well, and why they're not? Right? Like, off compared to, yeah. What, I'm, like, I'm impressed. Yeah, I'm very impressed. Like they can pull this off, and I think it's just the midfield is not it, it midfield is the whole. It's everyone but Haas. It's everyone but Mazapin. Well, I think that, that's midfield. Yeah, I, I, fair, fair enough. I mean, why not? Right? Like if you're you know you're not gonna you know you're not gonna take the chip this week, and you know you're not you're not gonna win the championship. Why not innovate a little bit? Why not try something new? Try to see what works and what doesn't. I would do the exact same thing if I was those teams. Well, exactly. Mark. I wouldn't lose. I wouldn't lose hope on Haas though. They'll oh, yeah? come back in the second half of the season. Do you think that it's going to be a, a Mercedes Haas one two, or do you think it's going to be a Haas Mercedes one two? Haas Mercedes. They're oh, they're okay. definitely a second half. A second. Uh, okay. Second half of the season. So you, are definitely. you telling me that you're gonna, we're going to see a 2013 Sebastian Vettel or 2012 Sebastian Vettel performance where Mick Ooh. where Mick Schumacher comes in and wins eight races in a row <laughs> towards okay. the end of the season to win? Just like just like his dad. It's like his dad. <laughs> no, I think that I think that really the ranking this year goes Lewis Max, and uh, just a league of their own. Yep. This race, they were honestly in a fucking. Uh, sorry for swearing. No, go uh, ahead, say it. If you're Come a kid on, watching throw the this bomb. And, uh, sorry, this kid's mom. If you're a kid watching <laughs> this, but they were just in a, a league of their own. It was insane. Like eight, nine, yeah. ten seconds within laps. Yeah, of, right. it was ridiculous. Bottas, they just could not be touched. I think they both could have spun, and it wouldn't have really made a difference to the position positioning in the race because they were so yeah. they were just maybe they weren't that far ahead, but they were really far ahead, and they're just in a league of their own. And then there's the mid, the upper midfield, which is your Ferraris, your McLarens, and your present Bottas, and your present Bottas. And then there's the midfield, which is your Alpines, your your your. Uh, your Alpine, your Alpha, Aston Martin, Alphataris, and then there's the lower midfield, like the back, the back markers, which is your Alfa Romeo, which even they're kind of in the midfield, yeah. and your Haas and yeah. Williams. They're just they're in the mix, but you're not fighting for points. You're not expected to get points. No, but yeah, yeah. Think- Max, you just show up and race for the weekend. That's their job. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Show up, bring a smile yeah. on your face. Alp- Giovinazzi has some great hair, and call it a day. Yep. <laughs> exactly. It's speaking of uh, Alpine and Aston Martin, did you guys see? If you follow us on TikTok, you would have seen this move for sure because I posted it on our TikTok. I got to support uh, Canada's very own Lance Stroll. What a move from Stroll on lap eleven! On oh, yeah. oh yeah, that was that whole that whole P uh, that whole P ten to P fourteen battle. We've mentioned it before in this podcast, but was insane. Uh, you never really see cars fight that close for that long, but I was. I did not know who was going to get that last point. When yeah, when points are so crucial for those teams, uh, especially yeah, like your Aston Martin, who hasn't really gotten a lot of points this year and won't get as many points as last year. It was cool to see, and it was just cool to see Stroll, who Stroll was kind of like the Mazepin of 2017. Five straight DNFs in his first five races, or four DNFs. He just had a really bad start. So to see him evolve and kind of lead the Aston Martin yeah. team when he really shouldn't. No, that should it be should Sebastian be, Vettel. It should be Vettel, four-time world champion, 14 I years. I think he's of getting career. there. I think he's getting there. It's just like, again, new car, new environment. Yeah. And Seb, Seb, we know Seb. He's never been good to adjusting to it. Even when he first came to Ferrari, he wasn't 
bang oh, on the money. When he first came to Ferrari, Ferrari he was killed on fire. It. Yeah. No, I mean the first, the first few, like, when he had the first few days in testing, you remember him oh. saying because. You got to think about it. Now they have they legit had a week less, not like four or five days less of testing. Mm-hmm. The first oh, yeah. few days of testing, Seb was so far behind the rest of the pack. His teammate was crushing him in the lap time. Even though you can't pick up much from testing, but the first few days of driving that car, he was. Yeah, and the cars are so different. Like from that year to this year, mm-hmm. they're so different from a Ferrari, a tractor, to a. All right, I told you. Um, We're done. To a green Mercedes. <laughs> it's very different. <laughs> We're done. We're done so, with the. We're done with the tractor joke. It's <laughs> over. It's but yeah, Vettel, he's catching up. But I expected him to be a little bit closer. Oh, mm. my dog just entered my room. Oh, Milo. Hey, Milo. <laughs> my dog. His name is Milo, by the way. Uh, yeah, I expected um, Vettel to be a little bit closer. To oh, if you're not watching us on Twitch, you have to check us out because you get to see my dog. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, I expect him to be a little bit closer uh, to Stroll by now. Your four races in, he has 13 years of experience, 14 years of experience. But anyway, Stroll, what a move. He sold the dummy up the inside. He had Alonso going up that turn one, two, um, going into turn four. Oh, the fire alarm was just going off. Okay, I was gonna say I, did, uh, I thought that was just me. I was like, <laughs> I thought I was like, what? What the? Hell? Okay. Uh, um. Yeah. Going into gone now. Going into turn four, he looked like he was gonna go up the inside. Uh, traditionally, that's the move that you would make. Alonso covered him off, went to the outside, forced his way around, and a very impressive move from him. And that's pretty much all I have to say about that, and pretty much all I have to say about them. From now, he's. He's been pretty impressive this season, though, Lance Stroll, I have to say. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He has. He has. Okay, question. Go ahead. Do you guys think that Red Bull is only losing out is because they can't think of a great strategy? Like, for example, in my opinion, uh, I don't think that ha- Mercedes have the best car on the grid. I do think they're, as in, like, they're very, they're very close. And I think Hamilton's just a little bit better driver than Max is currently. But I feel that Mercedes just know how to use their strategy because they've been in winning positions. They know how to play the strategy card really well. I think Red Bull is slowly learning how to use, how to create great strategies. Because I, I, I don't think it was hard to predict that Max would struggle with his tires in the end. And I don't think that, I mean, no one, I know us, us as fans shouldn't be thinking about is Hamilton pitting right now. But I think. The experts at Red Bull should have been thinking because it happened to them before. It's not like it hasn't happened in F1 before. We've seen Hamilton do the exact same thing in Hungary in 2018, 2019. And we've seen that happen before. Do you guys think that Red Bull need to work on their strategy in order to compete with 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 Mercedes? So I have an answer for you. Uh, yes. Um, I think that... <laughs> I I do, however, think that the Mercedes is substantially is still substantial, not substantially, but it is still better than the Red Bull. I don't. I I think mm-hmm. it's the best car on the track still, uh, and I do agree with you that Lewis is still a better driver than Max. Marginally, I wouldn't give him much, but I I'm, mm-hmm. I think his his career totals can speak for themselves. Uh, in saying that, but I I agree. Yeah, they do have to work on their strategy. Um. If they're gonna if they're gonna win consistently, 
I also think that uh, Lewis is just Lewis, <laughs> and his team <laughs> strategy has something to do with it. Yes, but he's also Lewis, so he's he has a knack for winning. He's the winningest most driver in Formula One for a reason. Yeah, if that makes any sense uh, to you yeah. guys. I kind of have similar thoughts. Like I, I firmly believe that you know teams it, teams win championships. Drivers don't really win championships. Well, they, they obviously do, and they have a massive part in it. But, you know, Max is 98% of the way there. And the, the, where the 2% that, you know, Hamilton and Mercedes make the difference is t- the days like today. This is really was really apparent in 2017. when, And this is the reason that um, Ferrari lost out on the championship in 2017. It was the strategies. Poor strategy calls, unreliability in qualifying, uh, crucial mistakes. Portimao, this was massive. I I think I gave Max a little too much praise. I let a little bit of my bias get in the way. Uh, You know, he cost himself pole position, should have gotten pole. Fastest lap and possibly a win, all because of track extending and just those mistakes. And I think not recognizing that they should have pit you know, I heard Will Buxton say, uh, if, 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 if ands and buts, if ifs and buts were cookies and nuts, then it'd be a wonderful Christmas <laughs> because we can point fingers really easily. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I wanted, I do want to, I did want to talk about the strategy because that was the kind of the biggest talking point of the race. Um, but yeah. yeah, sorry, Arjun, to just answer your question before we talk about that was, yeah, Red Bull needs to work on their strategy. Max needs to work on just eking out those errors. And that's where yeah. Hamilton, because that's where Hamilton thrives. He is perfect every weekend, every lap, every weekend. Incident in Imola, incident in Bahrain, sure. But it, he still made out for them. But, you know, where Verstappen is like missing out on pole by three one hundredths of a second, he needs mm-hmm. to find that time. I think that Red Bull and Mercedes have essentially equal cars. Um, yeah. Spain is yeah. a Mercedes track. I expected Mercedes to be a lot further ahead. Monaco's a Red Bull yeah. track. Max, he needs to win in Monaco if he has yeah. if he wants to win the championship. It it comes down to Monaco. He needs to win. And I because think it, as well, Red Bull is sort of running one. Sorry to interrupt you, but I think I think Red Bull is sort of running one legged because like if you think about it. Max couldn't have pit. He didn't have a big enough gap to Valtteri when he did. Because if Lewis pit, because like, Lewis and Max, they were only a couple seconds behind. And Lewis had to overtake Valtteri. Like, properly over. couldn't even team orders. You had to properly overtake him. Um, so I think if Perez, we, I think we'll talk about this a bit more in this podcast, that Perez needs to step up his game a little bit. I think he, we spoke about it before, the three of us before. Even though it's only his fourth race, I think he needs to be up there in that P four and that in in well, the fight. That's exactly where he's, that's exactly where he's supposed to be. My only yeah. rebuttal on that one is that Red Bull seems to have a second driver curse uh, mm. over the last I don't know ten years <laughs> since the yeah. Sebastian Vettel Mark Webber days of their drivers them them. Christian Horner's big on saying that there is no second driver, and then you look at statistics, <laughs> and there's consistently a second driver. Um, yeah, but that's every Toto does the same thing. Like they're not, um, Benotto does the same thing. They all do the same thing. Everyone knows there's a first and a second driver, even if you say there's not. Uh, actually, the one exception to that 
and even is the old like when Nico and uh, when Nico and Lewis were in at Mercedes, they were both so talented that it, it, and McLaren, like, I think, with Ricardo and Norris. Uh, yeah, maybe that's a good maybe that that's a good one too. But so in okay, in recent years, we'll go we'll go back to Red Bull. Um, I think they have. And you you obviously don't know what's going on inside of inside of Red Bull HQ, and I'm not there to witness it. But maybe they got to give a little more to to Checo as well in the in the sense that like you know that car is max focused. Everyone knows that car is max focused, and they're fighting for that championship, and they want Max to get that championship. But if you if you want Checo to be where he needs to be this fast. Maybe they need to help him out a little bit instead of leaving him out to dry because I have a feeling that Red Bull likes to win right or wants to win right now. And they did the same thing with uh, Gasly in 2019 where they gave him like, what, eight races, nine races and sent him right down, brought up Albon, who then ate shit for a year and a half and just took the, took the backseat again. Maybe it's Red Bull and not Checo that's the issue. Just food for thought. Well, I I disagree with uh, Mark, I, I I do believe, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, Max Verstappen has been in the team since 2016. He's had 100 races to kind of build that car around him. And, but, and Gasly hasn't been able to build the car towards his style, neither did Albon, because, so Max has been there to give the feedback. But Checo, you know, uh, Bahrain, I'll cut him a little slack wasn't a great race but his first race in the red bull a lot of pressure imola he shows he has the pace of max he shows he has the pace to be p2 and then he fell off during the race a new track he's never raced before and the car he doesn't understand sure same thing with portugal portugal he did his job this race he doesn't need to be in p2 or p3 or like four seconds behind max he just needs to be in the mercedes pit window so when hamilton pits the second time, because this is what happened in Hungary, because I'm not cutting Checo any slack. I'm going to be a little bit harsh on him. I'll give him a little sympathy in qualifying because of his shoulder injury. But this is the kind of racing that got uh, Gasly cut from the team. It's the kind of racing that got Alpon cut from the team. And it is the kind of racing that's going to get Checo cut from the team. He needs to be 20 seconds behind, maximum. If he's 20 seconds yeah. behind and he finishes P4, P5, that's perfect. Like that's, yeah. that's, it's, it's good enough. You're going to get the championship points. Obviously you want Chaco to fight for wins and stuff, but Max has the championship capability. He has the pace. If he just irons out the small mistakes he's making and Red Bull kind of, um, they need to be making the strategy calls that catches Mercedes off guard. If they're doing that, but Checo, he just was not in that position. So Hamilton was able to pit, had no one in front of him that could fight him oh. besides Bottas. And he just came up in the same thing that happened in Hungary in 2019. And that was, if you guys remember, that was Gasly's last race in the Red Bull. Yeah. Which was not, think, not, not a coincidence. I think Checo knows this as well. And I think this time's a little bit different than the times of Alex and um, Pierre, because we've seen how good Checo is. He is a race winner. And yeah. yeah. Gazi's a race winner, yes, but Checo is a, but he he's wasn't been a podium getter. Time. He's been, yeah, he's been a podium. Um, he's been, he's been, he's been competing for podiums with the 
um, racing point when it was when he was at the team. He's I think, fast. Yeah, we know he's fast. We know he can be yeah. incredible with with tire management. I think I think he knows that if he doesn't get us, if he doesn't pull his socks up in the next couple of races, there's a possibility of shifting a few drivers. And okay, but then knowing who's, Red Bull, he's definitely not going to get cut. He definitely won't get yeah, cut. I mean, yeah, for next who's... season, not for this season. Because mm. I know this season, practically impossible. There's no one left. Actually, I mean, I yeah, don't. Who, think who, who are they going to? Who are they going to cut for? For they PA. could possibly bring back Alex, no. but that's very doubtful. Maybe Pierre, Pierre, maybe in... Pierre, but Perez, it's yeah, Checo's going to stay there. If they, if they send him down, sure. My, I'm just saying that he needs. I think he knows that he, as long as he he has a Red Bull seat, as long as he can be within the pit window of Max and trouble the Mercedes, he knows he has a seat next year. And yeah. when Max doesn't have a good weekend, or Red, when Mercedes, say Valtteri or Lewis, don't have a great weekend, capitalize on that and get that extra podium. Okay, I, I I agree. I think he needs to be all of those things. My whole thing is like, at what time? At what point do we stop blaming the second driver who's consi- who and they're all consistently underperforming since Danny Rick, and start giving a little bit more to the team who's clearly not helping him get where he needs to be, if they're if they're all consistently underperforming. Well, yeah. I don't I don't really know kind of what goes on. Well, no, no one does, um, but you can I only think, watch. I think, I think... I think I agree. I, I think I think I agree with that because if it happened just with Pierre and then Alex didn't happen as much and it happened with Checo right now, mm-hmm. I'll be like, yeah, okay, that's fine because like it might just be the drive. Maybe maybe Checo isn't doesn't like the Red Bull car. Pierre didn't like the Red Bull car. But even when we saw with when Max was coming in the last season for Ricardo, Ricardo dropped off a little bit than the the previous season because I do think Red Bull knows how it is with Ferrari. Charles is their number one driver. They Charles will always be the number one driver. He is for their, for now, for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, for now, yeah. I think they know that Charles is the number one driver. He is their part of the prodigy child. Yeah. Um. Same thing with Max as well. I think. Yeah, so I they think, both. Yeah, are. I think oh, I yeah, agree. For sure. Yeah, I think I agree but, to the point that we have to start looking at: is it actually Red Bull's fault or is it actually second driver's fault? But it, I, and I think I think the real answer is that, it's both. I, I think Matt. that's where the real answer is, is the fact that it's actually both it's the the driver and the team's fault but after after four drivers this is this would be number 4 of that happening if he start if he continues to like fall off I think we shift the blame a little more from the driver to the team and I know Adam I I know you don't agree with that I can see but that's just my opinion on that one Oh so the but the reality of the situation is and obviously like i just i don't know like i'm sorry to say but i i, I don't know whose fault really it is no and we're not going to but, but it's okay to in formula one you need to be versatility is very key in formula one when you're moving teams like switching up your driving switching up your driving style from the start of the race to the end of the race based on how the wind changes the balance of the car changes with fuel and the tires wear is important. So, um, since twenty, since the beginning of twenty nineteen and the end of twenty eighteen, because I don't think uh, Daniel was giving them great feedback on his last race. Max has been the sole feedback giver. Perez was not in a position where he had the experience to understand how to give feedback. It was his second season in F one. Uh, I don't even think. Do you mean Gasly? Um, Gasly, sorry. Yeah. So I mean Gasly. 
uh, Albon didn't even do a full season in F1 before he started having to give that feedback. So it's just been a Max giving feedback. So they're only looking at Max's feedback seriously, and they're building the car around him. So that's kind of what happens. But when Prez comes in, he just, and I'm not saying he needs to do this overnight, but just to adapt to the car. And if you need to change your driving style, this is something that Lewis Hamilton was quoted as saying was part of the reason he's had 100 poles and what it takes to be the best and what it takes to be in Formula One is the versatility and changing your driving style almost completely. And all the greatest Formula One drivers have been able to do this. And so Perez really needs to change his driving style a little bit to fit that Red Bull more. He needs to be a little bit more comfortable in that Red Bull. And, you know, I, I cut him a lot of slack in Bahrain. I cut him a lot of slack in Imola. It was a rainy race. Hasn't really done a lot of laps around that track. But Spain, he's done thousands of laps, like literally thousands of laps, literally thousands. I don't know why I emphasize the T so much. <laughs> <laughs> but he's done thousands of laps, and he just should have been at least P4. Yeah. Like, he just, he just needed 20 seconds. Being 20 seconds behind your teammate is pretty bad. When but you it know it's been, Max and Hamilton, it's fine, though. But it would have been good enough. He just yeah. needed to cover off. But meanwhile, he's mucking around in P8. I, will, took him, I will say, though... Getting in P4 when Leclerc has a race like Leclerc has a weekend like Leclerc did this weekend is not an easy feat. Yeah, yeah, and perhaps but the Red Bull is a lot faster than the Ferrari. Yeah, that has yeah. to be said. It is. He finished. Has, it is how how good Leclerc is in that Ferrari. The Red Bull is ten is a lot faster than. The oh, Leclerc. there's no arguing that. But even still, yeah. the the weekend that guy had this weekend mm, very is a, I, I don't know. I think he deserved to be where he was, if not higher. I think he had yeah, an very incredible true. run. Very true. Yeah, Perez finished. He did finish P5, which granted is like a pretty good position. It just took him way too long to pass Ricardo. Although his overtake on Ricardo, I will give him credit, was the move of the weekend. Oh my god. For me, it was unbelievable. It was and Ricardo's known as the late breaker. If you're mm, if yeah. you're late breaking on the late breaker, <laughs> you're doing something right. That was really exactly. well done. Yeah. But so but the but to summarize, uh the reason uh most of the reason that red bull really got screwed for mercedes in that race is because they didn't have a second driver 20 seconds behind to cover off because maybe maybe hamilton wouldn't have gone for that that two-stop strategy if he knew perez was had the possibility of being in his pit window yeah but even so, if it was, even if perez was like say the, the, the pit was what 24 seconds say he was 26 27 seconds if a slight little thing goes wrong, the Mercedes won't risk it when they can get a P2, P3. Yeah. Because in now, the end, they're, they are constructors. They're not a driver championship team. Mm -hmm. They would rather so now, the P2, P3 than have a P4, P3. Yeah, so will Hamilton make that risk now or Mercedes going to yeah. make that risk? No. And that's what they did. They did that in Hungary. They could make the risk. They had the area. So Hamilton pits. Yeah. Worst case scenario, he finishes P2 anyway. He had to make that mm. pit stop if he wanted to pass Max and hold him off. And that's yeah. what he did and won him the race. Uh, why do you guys Why do you guys think that Red Bull didn't pit uh, the lap after uh, Hamilton did? Mm. Why didn't Verstappen pit a lap after? Well, I know that they didn't have enough tires in the first place. That's one of the reasons why. Because I remember Crofty or someone who was commentating 
or maybe it was the after when Sky Sky Sports did something on the tires. I don't think they had enough fresh tires where where they could they could compete. I don't think they had as fresh tires as Hamilton did. And I think because I a again Max was in Bottas's pit window, and all the data that we were as fans were getting at least is that Max is lapping the same. Sorry, sorry, Valtteri is lapping the same laps as as Bota. Uh, Valtteri is lapping the same as Max is. Yeah. So I think I think yeah, it was a risky. It will be. It will be. It would, I think it should have been. I think they should have pit because they want to go for the win. And if Bottas wins and Max gets a P two, um, he is still ahead of the ahead of the drivers. And then it's up to Max to make sure he doesn't get overtaken by Lewis. Or then it's up to Max to make sure he can overtake Bottas. But again, if um, Perez was there, it would make so much more simple because A, Mercedes would never even thought about it. And B, if they did think about it, they could have made sure that Perez just holds up Lewis as much as he can, let Max pit again with even the worst tires he has, and he can push for the win. Yeah, if Checo held Lewis off, it wouldn't have been for very long. But if he yeah. held him off for two laps, it might have been enough. Even for... one lap. Even one lap. Because yeah. you lose at least, what is it, three or four tenths if you're stuck behind someone who's on very old tires. Yeah, and Perez could have really, he could have pulled yeah. a Hamilton in Abu Dhabi in yeah. 2016 where he just went so slow. It's so hard to overtake. I don't yeah. know if Mercedes would have risked it. But, yeah, I think... Um, and plus, Barcelona having... is so hard to overtake as well. Mm-hmm. But I think this is this is where answering your like where I answer your is it the strategy or the driver uh, question from earlier? This mm-hmm. is part of the strategy. Like the forward thinking from Mercedes was insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like on the Saturday, bringing in that extra set of mediums and having that extra set for the drivers going into the race was just like covering off that possibility of what happens if we do need to pit again. Yeah, and then they did. Then they got get to put on uh, the fresh set of mediums. I think for Stappen, based on the AWS graphics, for Stappen had the gap, and I, because um, Lewis was twenty four seconds behind on the first lap after his pit stop. I think Max could have made a stop and come out ahead, but then Hamilton would have been on fresher tires. And I don't think I think Red Bull just wanted to risk it. They didn't think it was going to end up like Hungary. Yeah. Uh, it was not going to be Hungary 2.0, but it didn't work out like that. It looked like they were going to catch him on the last lap, but then Verstappen's tires hit a cliff. And this is the excitement of not having testing in Spain. Testing does not should not happen on a track that they race on because if they did testing, they would have known the tires so much better mm-hmm. than yeah. they did into this weekend then Verstappen probably would have been able to make that pit stop. It would have been an easy two-stop strategy from everyone. Or, and so you don't have those exciting races, especially with Russell. Like, is he going to make it to the end of the race and get a points, or is his tires going to fall off? Alonso's tires just hit a cliff. They just went off the Grand Canyon. Yep. Of It was a Thelma and Louise uh, situation <laughs> with his tires. Holy, holy, holy boomer holy reference. Sh- I love it. Look <laughs> at me with my classic. Uh, oh my god, where did that come from? All right, there'll be a meme on the uh, there'll be a meme on the Instagram in the next couple of days of Alonzo's tires <laughs> with the Thelma and Louise. That's you impeccable. You, don't know the, you need to do that if you don't if you don't know the movie. But 
so when they don't know the tires and they don't know how the cars will behave, you get these kinds of races. Yeah. And it's really exciting. And it, you know, it didn't work out for Verstappen. No. Nope. Kind of unfortunate, but yeah. Uh already lads, here's what I got for you. Uh we have been talking for like nonstop, pretty nonstop for about fifty five minutes right now. Let's yeah. break it up. Let's do something fun. I have another quiz. Because why don't ooh, I bring a ooh. quiz? Yeah, we're gonna do a quick sure. quiz. And then we're going to get into our tops and flops and yeah. then review our predictions from Portermount. Yes. Yeah. All right. Not so gonna... this one's a All short right. one, but let's see how we, let's say we do. This is with, this one was created last seven, eight months ago. So it's not from specifically this weekend. I'm giving that in advance this time, but it's called the ultimate Spanish Grand Prix quiz. It's from drivetribe.com. Great website. If you like almost everything's uh, cars racing go just check them out uh okay how many different venues have hosted the spanish grand prix is it a seven b one c five or d three i'm gonna go d i think it's been three Same. D as well oh you guys are wrong five, five circuits have hosted the spanish grand prix should have known I'm barcelona barcelona catalonia uh yep. jerez harama uh, Pedralbes and Montehuic. I, I don't know. I'm not, not going to try to pronounce that. But those we'll are the ones. We'll the names. We're sorry. But yeah, sorry. <laughs> Spaniards. Our Spanish listeners are yeah. just click off. <laughs> Barcelona, Catalonia currently hosts the Spanish Grand Prix. But how many races have been held there? Is it A, 29, C, 20, or B, 25, sorry, C, 20, or D, 30? 29, 20, 25, or 30? Yeah. B. Uh, I'm going to go 25. I think it's been 25. They've been racing there since the 9. It might even be 20. It's 20 or 25. I don't think it's been 30. Arian, do you agree? I'd say B. 25. The answer is 29 races. Barcelona, Catalonia has hosted 29 rounds of the F1 World Championship and has been on the calendar since 1991. I Interesting. That. That's that's just that's so poor for me. Who I gotta get better. At these I gotta dust up on my F one. Mark, you're the history guy. I know. That's why I'm making the quiz. Uh, who won the first Spanish Grand Prix? Was it A. Nigel Mansell, mm-hmm. B. Juan Manuel Fangio, C. Jim Clark, or D. Mike Hawthorne? I genuinely have no clue. Me neither. Nigel Mansell. I'll go Nigel Okay, Mansell. when in doubt, go so You're going to go Nigel sure, Mansell. Okay. See. Okay, Arian, you're going Jim Clark? Let's see. Oh, the answer was Fangio. Won the 1951 <laughs> Grand Prix. I don't oh, think it was Nigel that. Mansell, who didn't race in the 1950s. But yeah, unfortunately, Adam. Was a maybe it was off. a trick. I thought it was a trick question. What can I say? It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. When did Barcelona Catalonia switch to its current F1 layout? Was it A, 2007? Was it B, 2010? Was it C, 2008? Or D, 2000? Oh, uh, the current layout. That's with the, um, the added chicane. Past 2000, though. Oh, for sure. I saw. It's not 2000. It's not 2000. I'll go 2010. 2010? Arian, yeah. what about you? I'm not... 10 as well. 
It, it, it might oh, be seven. Though. It was 2007. In 2007, a chicane was added I, at the end of the lap to help slow the cars down. Yeah. I, uh, I should have known. I'm not going to lie. Known. You're four. You're 0 for 4 so far, uh, my dude. This is Both my of you guys worst. are. Hamilton, this is the biggest F1 monstrosity to ever happen. Best, the best one dri- the best F1 driver of all time, Pastor Maldonado, oh. took a shock victory back in 2012. Pastor but who Maldonado. came second? Uh, Fernando Alonso. Was it A, Lewis it Hamilton? Was it B, it was Jensen Fernando Button? Alonso. Was it C, Alonso. Sebastian Vettel? Or was it D, Fernando Alonso? <laughs> Fernando Alonso. The 2007 It thing was kind of- Fernando Alonso. Wow. Hey. Fernando Alonso came that- second at this home race. Well, Kimi Raikkonen rounded off the podium in third place. Because there's the picture of them holding them, holding them up. That's the picture. Maldonado that's exact. Up. That's exactly what I'm looking at right now. And his face. His face is like. He has a very uh, monotone look on his face. Both like he's of them. Yeah, both of them and do. Maldonado <laughs> is just hands up, like he just won the championship. He's crying. He's like. I will. <laughs> the 2000. Go back to that last question. The 2007 thing makes sense. That was the. In the era, I think 2006, of the Indianapolis terrible race controversy. So it makes sense that they added a chicane because those cars went really fast around there. Um, Oh, yeah. And it was a very bad decision, and I firmly believe they need to reevaluate that. I don't think they should take away the chicane and just have it straight, but I think making it a lot less of a terrible corner and making it better will drastically improve the racing. Agreed. But... I, it was one for five, so I don't think it was that bad. As soon as you said, there's who, still a couple like, more. You still have three okay. more questions. Don't worry. Oh god, you can you can you can improve your record already. Which the driver holds the record for the most wins at the Spanish Grand Prix? Is it A. Michael Schumacher, B. Fernando Alonso, C. Lewis Hamilton, or D. Mika Hakkinen? Okay. I want to say Hamilton. Okay. It's Schumacher because Hamilton overtook his record this week. Like if this was before this weekend, it would have been Mick Schumacher. I mean, uh, Michael, Michael Schumacher. Schumacher. All right, you've convinced me. I'll go Schumacher. It is Michael Schumacher. Schumacher has the most wins in Spain with six Spanish Grand Prix triumphs to his name. Oh, I love I seeing that classic along. one. Red I knew Bulls, it all along. Car. All right. Who holds the official lap record at the Circuit de Barcelona, Catalonia? Remember, this was created before this year. But is it A, Sebastian Vettel? B, Daniel Ricciardo? C, Iceman Raikkonen? Or D, Lewis Hamilton? D, Ricciardo or Seb? I think it's Sebastian Vettel. You're gonna go Seb. I'm gonna okay. Let's tell you who it is. No, no, no. Uh, I'm changing it at the last second. I'm gonna have to go Reichen in on this one. Oh well, you're still wrong. It's Daniel Ricardo. Come on, dude. Australian Daniel Ricardo holds the lap record, which is a minute eighteen point four four one, set during the 2018 Spanish Grand Prix. Oh, I thought you. Uh, How many drivers on the 2020 F1 grid have won the Spanish Grand Prix? Is it three? Is it two? Is it five? Or is it four? Seb, Lewis. Four. Who's fourth one? Uh, it would have been Seb, Lewis, Alonzo. Nope. Alonzo didn't race uh, in 2020. 
Oh, on the he grid wants. currently. Oh, this is 2020. Sabu Lewis, Verstappen, Kimi. Verst if I don't know. Did Verstappen win 2018? Oh, he won in 2016. Yeah, then he's won. Yeah, four. Four? I go four. I don't know if Kimi You're is correct. It's wow. Kimi Raikkonen, Sebastian Vettel, yeah. Lewis Hamilton, and Max Verstappen have all won the Spanish Grand Prix. Which means that five have won it as of 2021 because we have Look, Fernando back. I can pick up the F1 steering wheel. I am still worthy. I feel like Thor. So, Adam, you game. scored a three out of seven. Oh, God, it was so bad today. <laughs> I'll come back. <laughs> Arian, you, you scored a 50% ba barely pass at a four oh. out of seven. Oh, that's all I care about. <laughs> <laughs> Four, or sorry, out of eight. Sorry, so Adam, you got a three out of eight, and Ari, and you got a four out of eight. Unfortunate, of eight. but it happens, and congratulations, everyone. That was our quiz for this week. Yeah, uh, had a real tough weekend uh, this weekend. Uh, just shout out to the fans. Thanks for coming out uh, <laughs> to the the entire team back at the factory. You guys did amazing. You'll I get them. You'll get them next I week. Just, I'll, I'll find. Just, I'll find a little bit of engine, an easier quiz for yeah, you. The engine just, just let us down a bit. There wasn't yeah. enough power to catch up to me. Yeah, I just didn't have the pace to answer the questions today. So, so I'll, I'll yeah. tell you what, Adam. I'll I'll make it. I'll design my own quiz for next week, on, on a, a specifically Adam knows question. It'll be things okay, like when's my birthday. I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna get. Dale Mark, I'm coming I'm for you. you. What do you mean you're not gonna get my birthday right? I'm getting March 19th. I'm gonna there get, we go. I'm gonna get 100 percent of the questions right. Okay, moving on to our last segment. Last thing we're gonna uh, talk about today is our. Tops and flops. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to start with the worst. Uh, okay. It'll be a little bit of a discussion. So my worst driver by pretty far was uh, Sergio Perez. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you guys agree. Yeah. I just, he I was. I think, I think he had a shit. I think he had a very bad week. So I think shit, but he had a very bad weekend, but I don't think he is the worst driver of the day. I always put Mazepin always in my top worst driver just because he's that bad. But um, yeah, Perez had a very, very bad weekend. He wasn't at the pace that, he, that we actually needed, that Red Bull needed him to be, and compromised uh, strategy and Max's chance to actually win the race. Yeah, in a, in a championship kind of defining race, when it's like when every single point makes the difference and you need to be maximizing those points, you can't have Sergio Perez not being in the mix to help max and he just he was 50 like 50 48 seconds off max at the end of the race granted i think he had an extra pit stop uh just nowhere near the pace got stuck behind ricardo for way too long shouldn't have been stuck behind him the only uh, positive he can take away was a pretty sweet overtake he made on ricardo um and then so the second worst i'll give it to botas I think uh, yeah. Perez, by the way, 4 out of 10. Can you guys agree? Yep. I, I'm agreeing with four. you 100% so far. Yep. Botas, 5 out of 10, maybe. Uh, he was a tenth and a half off in qualifying, which is fine. Uh, he just was nowhere near. He had a Botas-style start, a classic Botas <laughs> start, got stuck behind Leclerc, and then couldn't pass Leclerc. You should be able to pass Leclerc in a Mercedes. Uh, it is hard to overtake around that track. And Botas, I will give him a little bit of credit because he went against Team Orders and fought Hamilton as Hamilton. Was yeah, that was, that, was, that was nice to see. It made me a little happier. Yeah. Which was nice that he's not like being a, so much of a pushover. 
I guess because I, I just I, wanted them to just like have like have safely contact and like just go on the gravel. Yeah. There comes P2 and then uh, maybe like a puncture. Perez. Like, yeah, like yeah, a puncture. You Hamilton yeah. a puncture, no points. That would have been nice. That would have been sick to see. Oh but, man, I would love to have a Leclerc P2. I'd love to have yeah, a, Cl- a Leclerc P1. Yeah. Hasn't happened since 2019. Mm-hmm. But you see me complain? No. Just sad yeah, about Botas, it. Yeah, I mean, Botas. he is driving a tractor, so hey, I don't think I, we, I said we're there. done with whoa, the tractor whoa, whoa, jokes. Yeah, we're, yeah, no more tractors. <laughs> the tractor. Okay, 2020, okay, 2020, he was driving a tractor. Is that fair? That's fair to say. But as of this year, last time I checked, there, uh, he's doing pretty a, well. A Ford Fiesta. <laughs> I'm but, so, this year, I'm I'm just saying. So he's doing Botas, pretty well. Botas, second worst driver on the uh, this weekend, just so average from him. P three, good result for the team, I guess. But just he's just really kind of shown his true colors uh, recently. Of the like, Botas weekend, Very yeah, typical Botas weekend. weekend. Yeah. Uh, behind Hamilton in qualifying, lost on the start, couldn't get ahead of Claire. And then he was like 10 seconds behind Hamilton, and Hamilton just breezed past him. Uh, number three, uh, so I'll give Bottas 5 out of 10. Number three, the third worst, uh, Mazepin. Yep. Super uh, slow, way behind your teammate. You're 30 seconds behind your teammate. Some of that's blue flags. He just is nowhere. He's just so, so slow. And maybe he will improve. Uh, Lance Stroll improved. Nicholas Latifi has improved. Uh, so we'll see. Yeah, I agree. Full the, the best thing was just seeing the photo message to the FIA. Yeah, he's uh, like, oh, oh, that was the other thing. Yeah, Mazepin. I was just laughing. I was laughing so bad when that message came out. Mazepin blocked Norris in qualifying. He was blocking like Hamilton or Bottas or someone in the race. He just needs to learn the rules a little bit more, be more respectful to the blue flags. And so, yeah, he's number three. And number four... Arian, me and you talked about this was I think Alonzo is a tough one because this is really where like a lot of drivers were pretty good and then a few drivers were like amazing. So when I say Alonzo's in the bottom five, you know, I don't really mean it because he did have <laughs> a pretty good weekend. But I don't think there's anyone at, else like I look at he's 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 the he's the worst the best, basically. Yeah. What like, if we Sonoda just what... had a pr- what if Snowda we just had capped a pretty... it at three then, you know? Say those are yeah, the three worst they... and then... Yeah, because like Alonzo, pretty average. Uh, Vettel, well, Alonzo was fighting for that P10 really desperately. He just had and a then... bit of a bad strategy and sort of like, messed himself up in a way that he couldn't, yeah. Yeah, couldn't... tires hit the cliff. Um, He got overtaken by Stroll. Uh, He got overtaken by Stroll, went on the... He got put on the marbles... I think he lost his focus and he got overtaken six times. So a pretty bad end of the race for him, but he got some miles on the car, lots of experience, and I'm sure he's happy to be back in Formula One. Oh, absolutely! And then, How could you? I don't not? know if you guys can see this meme. Um, Monaco yeah. next and Mazepin. <laughs> if my you're friend, not, you're not watching on YouTube or Twitch. Go check us out on Twitch. You'd see that. Uh, see that meme in all its glory. It says. When Monaco is next, but Mazepin, you remember Mazepin as your driver, and it's Gunther Steiner with his hands in his face, which I don't believe would be his reaction. I think it'd be slamming doors. But yeah, then, yeah. Door. yeah. Just but having... Gasly also had a pretty poor weekend uh, this weekend. I think he recovered uh, well, though. The only thing I was actually, sorry, I shouldn't say he had a poor weekend. The only thing that was actually poor about his weekend was his silly, silly mistake at the start. He had an amazing race. 
his overtakes he got put on those fresh soft tires and he made a bunch of overtakes and got a point so i, I i'm not going to include him on that list what do you think mark uh yeah no i'm, I'm i have been in full agreement with everything you've said so far i don't know i don't got much else to say you're right yeah, not a lot else to say so moving on to the tops so those were the worst the best the number one, Mark, who was the number one of the weekend? We talked about this before. Oh, so my God. Be it makes argument. me so happy to say that the number one driver like, this weekend was Charles Leclerc. Come on. Per- almost a perfect. Mazepin. What? It was, okay. So, let's, let's all settle down for a second and talk about how incredible this Ferrari driver drove this weekend. Yeah. Fuck Trent. a tractor he, joke. I, I, Fuck all that shit. He was number one yeah. this weekend. Yeah. I'm so happy about it. It's him. I mean, I have to give it to Charles. I think he drove. He, I, that <sighs> car didn't deserve to be in P4. He he! Yeah. I I didn't expect him to be a P four at all. I thought I thought Ricardo would be there. If McLaren, it seems a lot faster, but I think okay, Charles just out. I don't know how much faster that McLaren seems in this Ferrari. Every single weekend we're seeing it. They're very close to each other. They're a lot closer, but I think They're I think very it's close. Like it's, yeah, it's closer, but I still do think that McLaren's a bit faster. Yeah. Had a very bad uh, weekend. I don't know, I man. You look at the standings. They, They're like weekend. You look at the drivers. I, know, I think they're like the, they're, they're like the Mercedes and and Red Bull. I think Mercedes McLaren right now is end. five points above above Ferrari, um, and as far as the driver standings go, Norris is one point ahead of Leclerc right now, and we'll see how that goes into uh, Monaco, and uh, Ricardo's four points ahead of um, Signs, but you know who knows? We're still really early in the season. I think but, they're close. Leclerc yeah, ten out of ten. Oh, his Q, his Q three lap, you know, wasn't perfect. No, but he, he had an amazing start, overtaking Bottas, and he just drove the friggin' wheels off that thing. It was it was pretty good. And to put him over Hamilton when Hamilton had a weekend like he did, you know, you have to have a good performance. And oh yeah, we all agree. So yeah, number two, uh, of course, Lewis, Lewis Hamilton, Hamilton, hundred poles, uh, his hundredth pole. The strategy pulled off the strategy perfectly. Um, You know, he he always kind of seemed, he seemed one step behind Verstappen and then he seemed one step ahead. He had the confidence to go longer on those softs. Then he had the confidence to make the pit stop. Not a lot of drivers would want to be 22 seconds behind your rival with 21 laps to go, but he has the experience. It was nine out of 10 performance from him. Perfect. Yeah, and then Almost I would perfect. say Max is next. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Mark, what do you think? What do you think? Of Max? I agree. Mm-hmm. I think Max had a great race. Uh, mm-hmm. I think we we talked about we literally have talked about this all this whole night. His his team strategy was not hundred percent there, but overall, you know, his start was incredible. Yeah. He led the lap the race until lap sixty out of sixty six. Um, it just you know his. He, He's just not Lewis. Is all I have to say for that yeah. race. Uh, yeah, I say jokingly, but he he did he had a great race. He just yeah, his strategy Matt. and his tires and everything it, it it all failed on him towards the end. But you know, yeah, he's Max. He's Max. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you say he's not Lewis, you know, he's he's pretty he's pretty close this weekend. He's you know three one hundreds behind in qualifying. He jumped him on the start, bullied him out of pure. Yeah, that wasn't great. That was great. I was screaming. <laughs> I was screaming. In my living room at. Oh, it's I'm the sure room. your parents must have loved that one. Yeah, I woke <laughs> my basically my entire family up just absolutely screaming uh, for stop. And he seemed one step ahead of Hamilton. Yeah, they didn't get it right with the strategy. It's a little bit his fault. 
a little bit of Red yeah. Bull. Nothing really else he could have done. Um, yeah, yeah, he was driving as fast as Hamilton and but didn't win, so we placed him below nine out of ten. Yeah, number yeah. four, Ricardo. Ricardo, out qualifies teammate, outpaced him in the race. Eight out of ten. Well. Good start. Good yep. finish. Yep. Good start. Good he held solid weekend start to finish for Danny Rick. You know. Held yep. Sergio Perez up. Uh and Sergio Perez really had to do the most to make that overtake. He did not make that easy. And pretty good weekend. Not a lot of complaints. He seemed more control over his car. He had moments yeah. where he really, you know felt in control like you could just see it on his onboards where he's like he really was hitting apexes properly and really like going through those corners like the old honey badger and then yeah. he had other moments where it wasn't so great but a pretty good performance so yeah eight out of ten absolutely yeah. Yeah. really quick honorable mention mick schumacher definitely not going to be in the top four yeah. but Already uh, spoke about him and yeah. had a great race. Great race. Yeah, great great start, race. Competing the, where the Haston belong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. great race. He, he went up to 16th on the start. Super impressive. Out qualified to Williams. There's not a lot more you can ask for. He took advantage of knowing that circuit. Absolutely. So, moving on to our predictions. So, my predictions from last week were Max will finish P2. Give me a point, baby. I called yeah. it, unfortunately. Uh, I was almost wrong. I would have liked to be wrong. And Botas will not finish in the will not finish in the points. He did finish in the points. He even got on the podium. But I really wish he... Uh, I really thought he was not going to finish in the points. I thought it was going to be just that slow. Would have gotten caught behind. Slow pit stop. You know what can happen. That was yeah. a bit of a stretch, though. Arian, what were your predictions? Oh, something along the lines of Ricardo getting a podium, but it was pretty close, I guess, but yeah. not too bad. It was kind of a, the Hamber Vought was yeah. a little bit of a lot, a uh, little bit of a lock-in. Yeah, sadly. I think, I think, I think the butt prints are in the press conference chairs at this point. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. They own those chairs. They own those chairs. Yeah. Max Verstappen quoted last year when he stole the chair and he's like, I'm taking this home. This is my chair now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Mark, your prediction was I. I couldn't have been farther off. Uh, I said that <laughs> I said that Fernando Alonso was going to end up on a podium, and uh, he finished seventeenth. So <laughs> very close, just very only fourteen off. places away. Yeah, very so close. I so I couldn't have been more wrong. But you know, you mm-hmm. can only you can, a man can dream, and that was my dream. Did it come true? No, uh, but. Who knows? Maybe <laughs> next year. <laughs> Fernando, and yeah, he, he was fighting for the points for a while. You know, I don't know what else to so, say. He finished P17. I was way off. No drill predictions. We're going to go over our Monaco Grand Prix predictions next podcast where we're going to talk about the Monaco Grand Prix, what it means to be back on the calendar, a couple other things. So we're in for a great episode. So you guys should definitely tune into that as well. Uh, one more thing I have to say. It's a little bit about Actually, no, I'm going to save it for the next podcast. Good choice. Save it. Save it. Save it. it is a, it's a pretty bold statement, but I think it's one that is Say it definite. now. Say it now. We'll talk about it the first thing in that podcast. Yeah. I said it on this podcast already. Max, he needs to win Monaco or he's not going to win the championship. This is a champion-defining race for him. Okay. Hamilton's 14 points for head. He keep needs her there, to win. Keep her there. Keep her there. Keep everything else. Yeah, just say podcast. that's where oh, we're going to end it, everyone. Basically, this the next Monaco Grand Prix 
is a championship defining race. Yep. Alrighty, Basically. everyone. Thank you guys for tuning in. in. Go let go All follow right. us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, go check out our website, www.theundercutpod.ca. And all yeah. of our Follow socials are The Undercut Pod. Follow us on Twitch um, at The Undercut Pod. And everyone have a good one. Anything else? Yep. Bye, everyone. Ciao, uh, guys. Our socials are the Undercut, at The Undercut Pod. And thank you very much for listening. Uh, make sure you leave a comment, leave a review on the podcast, go to our website, give us some feedback. If you have any questions that you want to be featured on next episode or in the next upcoming episodes, let us know. And from us, the Annika Podcast, thank you very much for listening. Yeah, have a great one, guys. Perfect. Thank you so much. Ciao. You too. Have Bye, a great everyone. one, guys. Bye. Bye.